When I was 10 years old, my mom started dating this guy. Shortly after, he moved in with us. He was pretty cool at first, but then he started getting really inappropriate. Things escalated and he ended up molesting my sister and I for the next two years. Our mom knew about it too and didn't do anything. I still feel guilty for never speaking up and telling someone. I could have put a stop to it, but I didn't. Hashtag me too. I had a boyfriend back in 2012 to 2013. My dad died in February of 2012 and I moved across the country to try and get my life back together. So I didn't really have anybody here. It was just after a few months that he convinced me to move in with him. We were neighbors in the apartment complex, and it was after that point that things started to take a turn. He had to have sex every single night. At first, if I didn't want to, he'd guilt trip me for hours, then days, until I'd give in. Then after a while, he started forcing me. I had insomnia and took medication for it. He'd wait for that to kick in and then rape me. Occasionally, he would anally rape me as well. I'd wake up to blood and pain. He was psychologically and emotionally abusive. He would tell me that I just didn't know what being in a relationship meant. I didn't know what love was. If I loved him, I would do this and this and this. He started restricting who I could talk to. I hate that they call it intimate rape. There's nothing intimate about it. People told me to get back together with him too. Hashtag me too. My ex-girlfriend raped me. I called the campus police one night after she started telling me she was going to kill herself. The police contacted her and she started telling them lies, saying I was abusive, that she had broke up with me, I broke up with her, etc, etc. So then the police called me back, started threatening me, saying that I needed to stop harassing her. There's no way in hell that I would go to the police about her abuse and rape. She would, without a doubt, make up lies. She would probably claim I raped her too. Given how they treated the situation, I have no confidence in them whatsoever. I lived in fear for months after I broke up with her. She's the most manipulative and mentally abusive person I have ever met. Hashtag me too. When I was a 10-year-old boy, I was selling candy bars door-to-door -door to raise money for our soccer team. My mom always told me, when you go door-to-door, -door, take your big sister with you. I broke that rule once, and it was a mistake. I had gone down to the end of the block to sell some bars to my mom's friend. When I left, I saw that the house on the other side of the street had their lights on. My sister and I had tried there the day before, but no one was home. Oh goody, I had a chance to sell an extra bar or two, is what I thought. I knocked on the door, and a chubby blonde woman my height, I was really tall for a ten-year-old, opened the door. I explained about the bars for sale. She told me, oh, look how cute you are. Listen, if you come inside, I'll give you an extra special treat for your team. I was so excited that I went inside thinking it would be a big help to my team. Once inside, she started caressing my back and telling me how handsome I was. When she pulled my shirt off, I completely froze in the moment and couldn't do anything. She took this as a good sign. When she got me naked on the bed and started stimulating me, I could only think, oh God, it's happening again and went out of my head disassociating. I don't know how, but somehow she just knew I was vulnerable for being abused since it had happened already. She smelled it on me and somehow just knew. When the older boys on the street talked about getting their girlfriends naked, they said it was so awesome. What was wrong with me that it didn't sound so awesome? Hashtag me too.
I told my family about ongoing sexual abuse when I was 12. My mother essentially made me drop the charges against her brother. When I was 16, someone else came forth about being abused by him, and together we put him in prison. This was years ago, but I believe on several counts he only served something like a year and a half. My mother at some point soon after that was all teary-eyed saying, I believed you more than I said, and I told her that made me so much worse. The thing is, I do believe she always knew I was telling the truth. I believe she knew her brother had also molested his own daughter for most of her childhood as well, years before me, but her brother was her closest friend and her weed dealer, and she wasn't about to give that up. Hashtag me too. I've got a much older cousin who my sister and I always thought was creepy. Only saw him a few times a year at family functions, but he always seemed way too interested in us considering the age gap, and just different from our other much older male cousins. Many years later, he ended up going to jail for molesting his stepdaughter. After he got out, he violated his parole by dating a teenage girl who was still a minor and went back to prison. Hashtag me too. From the time I was six years old, my mother's sister's son used to molest slash rape me for years. It stopped for a few years, but when I was 16 years old, I was going to sleep over at my auntie's and I was using her laptop to watch Netflix in the dark. Her son came into the room and he laid right beside me. I had already felt that something was wrong and my stomach started to turn. He put his arm over my back trying to go under my armpits and grope my breast, but he couldn't reach and got up and left the room. Tears rolled down my face and I cried in silence while I waited for him to go downstairs so I could leave. I went back home and flashbacks about all the times he would touch me came running back into my head. When I finally came out to my family about it, they didn't believe me. I haven't spoken to them since Christmas 2021. Hashtag me too. Hello everyone, my name is Madison Cardinal. I am 22 years old. I'm originally from a small community in Alberta called Kikino. It is a settlement. Um, I just want to take the time to thank you guys for listening to the stories that I provided at the beginning of the episode. I know that they're really hard to listen to, and I know this topic is very heavy for a lot of people. Um, but I do believe that this does need to be talked about because this does happen to a lot of people in their families and in their communities and there's a lot of times not a lot of people say anything about it. To my family that watches and listens to my podcast, I just want to say that this is not me trying to comfort you guys in any way or blame you guys in any way. This is a way for me to come out about it because a lot of people do come out about it and a lot of the times family, their community, people in general just don't believe them. And if I could be the reason why someone speaks out about stuff like this, then I'm okay with sharing my story and I'm okay with being made to look like I'm a bad person. So growing up in my community, I actually remember um, not a lot just because of how traumatic um, my life was growing up. 
and all the traumatic experience I've been through. I remember a lot of the traumatic experiences, but I don't remember a lot of the good things that happened in my childhood, unfortunately. Um, but I do remember growing up uh, as a kid, you know, not a lot of parents didn't mind um, children being out and about all day. You know, we would bike around, we would play up at the school, we play tag, play hide and seek. Um, not a lot of parents really questioned where their children were, you know, it was the type of thing where you either check in at certain times or you come back home at a certain time and that was really that. Um, so I remember, you know, most of my childhood I had spent outside of my house hanging around my friends and being away from home and, you know, I would... It was mostly because of the embarrassment and shame that I tried to hide, but everyone kind of knew that um, my home life wasn't the best growing up. My mom and dad had both faced addictions, and my mom still faces addictions to this day. And so I didn't really like a lot of people, especially my friends, coming over to my house growing up just because I was embarrassed of how my home life was um but you know when it comes to family you can't really stop your family from coming over especially when you're a child um a lot of my cousins used to come over for play dates especially my two older cousins i had one cousin that was quite a few years older than me and i had one other cousin that was a year older than me who used to come over to my house all the time and play when we were younger. You know, we'd play hide and seek, we'd play tag. Um, we'd play like anything, any game underneath the sun really. And I used to enjoy having their company over, you know, it was having my friends and having my family over during those times made my life a lot easier because it was like a little escape from the reality that I was going, that I was facing. Um, even at that age, I was taking care of my brothers. And so, you know, whenever I'd have that little moment to myself where I could hang out with my cousins or hang out with my friends, I took that opportunity. Um, so I used to have these two older cousins that would come over and come play all the time. You know, we'd have play dates growing up. Well, not really scheduled, but you know, play dates. And... I just remember this one day, it was like my cousins had snapped and it went from having playdates after that to me being in a full awake nightmare after that. It was like no matter how much I tried to wake myself up, I was still awake, I was still conscious in what they were doing and what they were saying to me. But it was definitely like a hell on earth experience for me. Um, I had actually, I do remember the first time it had actually happened. My mom was cleaning up after a night of her and her friends partying at the house there. And we have kind of like a two story house where we lived. It was like the basement and then the main level. And I remember my mom had kicked me and my two older cousins downstairs so that she had clean so that she would clean and back in the day you know like some moms would just 
blast the um, music channel really loud and they'd clean up for hours and that was the type of person my mom used to be. And I had remembered when me and my cousins were playing downstairs, my cousin asked me if we wanted to play house. And I had dolls, you know, I had little baby alives. I remember I had like, you know, like the extra blankets that I personally owned, but I had, I used to use them for my dollies and whatnot. And I had thought that he was talking about that, you know, like we'll use a baby for house and whatnot. And so I was really excited and I was saying like, yes, 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 like we'll play house and whatnot. And I remember I was going to grab my toys that were on the one end of the couch. And before I could even like get up and fully move, like I remember I turned my body to the side and I was like looking at the end of the couch. He had told me to take off my shirt and I had spun back around and I was sitting in the same spot that I was sitting in and I was looking at him and I was so choked I literally was frozen in fear I could not move and when I tell you that he forcibly took off my shirt he forcibly took off my shirt while my mother was upstairs and all while my older my oldest cousin is doing this um he had gotten my other cousin to take off my pants and that was the first ever experience of me being molested and raped by not only two community members but two family members in my family i remember after they had left i had never felt so dirty in my life I was six, seven years old, and I had that feeling of feeling dirty. And I remember after that, it had happened quite often, actually. Um, my oldest cousin had done it to me up until I was 15. And my cousin that was older than me by a year, um, when it had first started, he had done it to me for a few years, and then he had stopped. And then he had attempted to, I don't know if it was going to be an attempted rape, honestly, from the way it was going. That's where it looked like it was about to head. Um, but I remember when I was 16, my cousin that's older than me by a year um, had actually attempted to try and touch me again. I remember I had went to his mom's house for the night. I was going to stay the night there. And she had one of these little laptops that you can fold into an iPad. And she had let me borrow it so I could watch some Netflix. Uh, so I could watch some Netflix for the night. And uh, I remember her son had come back from skating at the outdoor rink. And I don't know if he was drinking or if he was smoking weed or something. Or doing a drug that he shouldn't have been doing. But I remember the lights were off because I, I love watching Netflix in the dark. Um, but I remember the light, I had the lights off and he had opened up the door and he came and laid right beside me. And right when he laid right beside me, I just felt like my whole entire stomach went upside down. I knew something was wrong. And it was like he had put his arm 
over my back to caress it and he had tried to put his arms underneath my armpits so that he could grope my breast but his arms wasn't long enough to do so so he ended up getting up and leaving and he was walking around and I could hear him walking around and I remember I had waited for him to go downstairs and the moment I had the moment he had went downstairs and I knew he was in his room I had gotten out of that bed and it took me, I swear, about five minutes to even collect my thoughts, to collect all items I had at my auntie's and leave. I had never felt so frightened in my life. I remember thinking when I got back home, why is it starting again? And I had thought about all the times that he had done it previously to me. And I remember after that, it was a very very hard thing to accept and come to terms with and I remember I tried denying it and denying it and denying it and denying it but every time I walked past a mirror and I looked at myself in the mirror it was like I could see the truth I hated looking in the mirrors for a very long time even after the first time it had happened to me I would pass by a mirror and I would just see like this disgusting little girl, this disgusting little girl that had gone touched by her family. And I think in some sense, you know, when I did come out about this, I had come out about my oldest cousin touching me when I was about 12 years old. And honestly, like my family's response, it had me choked. Because they had known for years. They had known for years that my oldest cousin was touching me. And not once did they report it. Not once did they say anything. Not once did they ever say he was allowed. That he was not allowed to come around the house. Because he still came around the house. And I had remember when I was told that by them. All I did was cry. All I thought was. Why is his validation and protection worth more than what I say? And why do they protect him more than me? He's not a victim. He was not sexually assaulted. He was not, he was not raped. He was not molested. And it was something that mentally and emotionally scarred me for a long time. Because... You know, out of everyone that shouldn't believe you or should believe you, your family should always be the number one support that you have. And someone in your family should at least believe you. And, you know, I remember when I came out about my oldest cousin that was touching me when I was 12 years old. And after getting all that um feedback back from my family like them not believing me and them well them saying that they knew about it for years I shouldn't say not believing me but them saying that they knew about it for years and then them not doing anything about it it just made me feel so incredibly worthless I had remembered when I was 14 I had attempted to take my own life because I had seen posts about incest and sexual abuse on Facebook. And my worst fear was that 
one of my cousins were going to sexually assault me again and that I was going to get pregnant and have one of their kids. And I was mortified. I was terrified. I was scared to be around men. I was scared to be around my uncles. I was scared to be around my own grandpa at times because of the way that they molested me and raped me when I was younger. And, you know, when I came out about my cousin that is a year older than me, I had actually come out around Christmas time 2021. And, you know, growing up, he was always considered the golden child. You know, he was a very good hockey player on the hockey team. And he had created this picture-perfect image of himself over the years and I just remember thinking you know growing up seeing all of that how would anyone believe me how would anyone believe me over him I'm my mother's daughter she's addicted to drugs and alcohol and I don't even have parents I don't have siblings I I'm drinking my sorrows away I'm doing drugs like everyone else and here he is being a hockey star on his hockey team and doing all this other stuff. But in reality, his skeletons in the closet were just being pushed away further in the closet. And I remember when I finally had came out about him, everyone in my family except my mother did not believe me. It was one of the most shitty, unfathomable experiences of my life. I never felt so alone. I had never felt so much hatred. I had never felt so much anger. And I had actually remembered my grandma telling me, um, you need to stop lying. Why would, uh, why would you come out about this now? Or blah, blah, blah. It was stuff like that. And honestly, the reason why I never had come out about it before was because they never even believed me when I came out about my oldest cousin. They never even reported it when I came out about it. Because I was 12 years old. And because I never listened. And because what did, what did my grandma expect to do? It was her brother's children. Sexual assault and child sexual abuse are major challenges facing Aboriginal Native communities in Canada. Statistics show that Aboriginal Canadians are at a higher risk of being sexually assaulted or the victims of child sexual abuse. Canada has thousands of Indian reservations. These Aboriginal communities tend to be very close in nature, where each individual in the community knows each other. Families that reside on Indian reservations are closely related by blood and heritage. Given the close proximity of people in reserves, there is an increased reluctance for victims to report sexual assault and child sexual abuse. To report an incident to the police could create a significant rift in one's family or community. Moreover, the culture on many native reserves arguably discouraged sex victims from reporting crimes to the police. As a result, many sexual assaults go unreported. Aboriginals are one segment of the Canadian population with relatively high birth rates. 
Unfortunately, many children in Native Reserves live in poverty with improper adult supervision. Alcohol and drug abuse rates in Native communities is higher than elsewhere in Canada, which contributes to both their relative poverty and lack of adult supervision. Poor living conditions and a lack of proper adult supervision can cause high rates of sexual assault on Native reservations. I just want to say thank you to whoever took the time to sit and listen to this podcast. This is the first part of the episode. The second part will actually be um, released next Saturday. And I know that what I talked about wasn't easy in this episode and it was very heartfelt and very heavy, especially the stories. Um, All the stories that were told in this episode have been approved by the original storytellers so all these are okay to go they're okay to be put in the episode um if you guys ever need to talk me and keisha's messages on our facebook um and instagram indigenous sisters page have finally been open so we can receive and message you guys back now i just want to say to whoever listened and whoever's going through something similar You guys aren't alone and you guys can truly honestly get through it. I know that it seems like it's a battle every single day and it is a battle every single day, but trust me, things do get better and you have so much more people on your side than you really know. I just want to end the podcast by saying goodnight to everyone and remember to be nice to everyone in public, in your home, and out on a daily basis.